Hello and welcome to a 2022 episode of Rich Text. I'm Claire and I'm Emma and we're we're happy yes, new year guys. Happy new year. It's a it's a new year. The calendar has changed since we last spoke to you a, a week ago. And we also are here to say happy birthday to ourselves. We are. We do have to acknowledge the birthday of it would we call it our firstborn child? Would we call it a rebirth of our creative souls? It's an open question, but it has been a year since we launched Rich Text. Yes, which I keep forgetting. I think of it as such a purely independent project that I forget that when we launched it, it was January 2021. We were working at HuffPost and we weren't really expecting this to be much more than like a fun extracurricular writing project where we could put any of our writing that didn't seem polished or newsworthy enough to live at HuffPost. Like it was our special special little side thing that no one really needed to even subscribe to yeah no one needed to know about it it was like a a nice little live journal for the two of us and then just a couple short months in uh we got laid off yeah and now it's been like 10 months since buzzfeed kicked us to the curb after a decade of service and we're not bitter and we really just embraced (laughs) newslettering as one of our main jobs like we were like all right I guess this Substack is now our livelihood (laughs) and somehow it's like kind of fucking worked which is insane it's 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 wild I I'm so unbelievably grateful to everyone who has subscribed this year especially those of you who are listening (laughs) who who paid for a (laughs) subscription should we actually do this public yeah. yeah, we are so grateful to everyone who subscribed this year, people who paid, people who just get the free newsletter, which we send increasingly and frequently. We're really sorry about that. We're grateful for all of you, but it has just like allowed us to keep working on what we love, talking about terrible TV and amazing TV and everything <laughs> in between, and also like some other things like... Bad art friends yeah. and motherhood. Motherhood, not non-motherhood, uh, books, just everything that pops into our little heads. And that's like such a gift that we get to keep doing this for work. Like that sounds really corny, but like we're so blessed. <laughs> it, it We are. We are. Like the gratitude cannot be overstated. I think that both of us are people who are naturally sort of allergic to some of the tools that are kind of necessary for great success in the current media landscape. Like, you know, a lot of self-promotion and doing a hard asking for, for money for work. Like these are things that make us feel like kind of viscerally uncomfortable. Doing a hard pivot to being sort of an anti-cancel culture, like (laughs) anti-woke, you know, warrior you know we we could do a sort of Matt Taby heel turn and reap the benefits but we struggle with that you know it doesn't come naturally to us it makes us feel like bad people so Kim Kardashian does not want to talk to us (laughs) we're gonna keep trying though 
Um, yeah, so to mark one year of rich text and to like really kick off 2022 with some reflection, some centering, some sort of uh, verbal vision boarding, you might say, we decided to just do a little pod looking back at one year of rich text and also this coming year, like what we hope to do in 2022. So let's start with like, what have we accomplished, Claire? What have we made this year? I think it's easy. Again, part of this is just like an exercise for the two of us to force ourselves to be like, no, we, we did actually do work this year. Um, Because I think sometimes it feels like, ah, we've just been very self-indulgent all year and accomplished This is what mindfulness is really about, I think. Because if I look back on a week, I often have this vague sense that I just didn't really do much. But if at any given moment during a workday, I pay attention to what I'm doing, it is some form of work like 95% (laughs) of the time. Yes. Whether it's like folding laundry for my family or recording a podcast or watching all of Squid Game in one day so that we can record a podcast, like even things that might look like leisure or they feel not like gritty types of labor, they are all to the purpose of keeping the household and the podcast running. And that is work. Yeah. And so we have to acknowledge that. And I think that a lot of people who have worked from home over the last couple of years probably feel some version of that. Like our domestic lives and our work lives are are just so commingled now that I think it can sometimes feel like we're inherently like slacking off and I think it's important to kind of reflect on the fact that that is like a construct of what work is supposed to look like and work can look a lot of different ways yeah I mean like sure but if (laughs) if I responded to a bunch of emails and wrote a blog post while wearing sweatpants and I was half reclining on the sofa at the time, does it count as work? Some might argue no, No. especially (laughs) if it's me and I'm referring to my own work. Yeah, you're like, I will argue with myself. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you, Claire's like, I will tell everyone else that their labor is very valuable, but my own is trash and I've done no work. garbage. I haven't done anything. Um, It's also like, because if I get a migraine and I actually can't work for a day, I will catastrophize that out to the whole year I'll be like I didn't do any work today just like the entire rest of 2021 what a waste (laughs) that's all it takes is one day of no productivity we're all so deeply broken by capitalism but um yeah I I also have just always kind of blanched at the end of year threads that are such a tradition among writers uh, and this is largely I think a function of the class that we recently joined freelance writers to make sure that people don't forget that they're there. They did a lot of great work that year. They are good at their job. And then it just sort of becomes this thing that everyone feels like they have to do if they have bylines to plug. And then you look back at your bylines and you're like, Oh, I don't have enough. They suck. Um, And when I started to see those threads circulating this year, I again was like, I don't have enough bylines. Like what a waste of a year. (laughs) And just trying to like fit, your sense of 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 having accomplished something into like a specific mold that might not apply to to your own life and what and what you're dealing with and what your actual goals are so with all of that throat clearing what have we accomplished this year (laughs) 
We launched like a whole ass media yeah, company, Claire. Listen, when people talk about a media company, they are talking about an <laughs> LLC and it is two women in their 30s who run a newsletter and a podcast. We are Main right, Street. we're a small business. We're a small business. We're working owners. our way up towards being a conglomerate. I think, you know, one day when we're <laughs> When we're able to hire like a joint assistant in a decade or so, then we'll be, I think them technically will be a conglomerate. Yeah, yeah. We're, we one day wish to be the big bad developers coming to take over the other small companies. But alas, right now we are just the small company. Yeah, we're working our way, we're bootstrapping, we're bootstrapping our way up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, that is a huge accomplishment because, and I think, you know, Emma, you're more of a go-getter than I am, but we both liked having jobs. We liked having structure around us, supporting us and like making our own LLC and working independently is a huge challenge and really scary. And it's still really terrifying every day. And I wake up in cold sweats um, but we're here, we're alive, and we made it through 10 months of yeah, independent despite, living. Despite a handful of emotional breakdowns, here we are, still with roofs over our heads, still talking into microphones about nonsense. Yeah. I'm proud of us. Yeah. It's important to really embrace whatever success looks like in your life and to not say, I wish it were a different kind of success purely to make yourself miserable. This is the success we have, <laughs> and I'm so proud. I'm so grateful, and I'm just hoping we can keep it going for another for another year. Me too. I'm hoping we can keep it going and, and hopefully do it even better. Yeah. Um, speaking of what we, we actually have been doing, we launched two podcasts – um pretty cool we relaunched here to make friends which was our huff post bachelor recap podcast as love to see it which is a stitcher bachelor recap podcast (laughs) and we have been recapping independently since katie's season began Yeah. yeah and frankly i feel i feel rejuvenated by this moment to like pause and relaunch I think it's so easy to get burnt out on The Bachelor and I think I I still definitely feel that but I think we've been having more fun doing these recaps now that we have more ownership over the end product like I don't know it just feels like there's been a different energy yeah we've been able to make a lot more changes to our workflow and also you know even things like because at, at HuffPost, the production resources were really limited. They really depended us on us having breaks between Bachelor seasons when we wouldn't be recording at all. And not only are there no breaks between Bachelor seasons this year, <laughs> um, we have been like encouraged to make time to talk about other reality dating shows, which is something we've always wanted to do, and to branch out a little bit from just the basic recaps and talk about gossip and Bachelor world. And so we've been able to try new things that always seemed really fun to us, and that's been wonderful. Um, 
yeah, it's been like, it's been really a, a way to refresh. And I also just think it's funny how often we talk about how you can get burned out on The Bachelor because it is like entertainment and like the way that ABC <laughs> just like pushes us to our limit where they're like, when are they going to all break down and be like, no, you're giving me too much content. This is starting to feel like homework. I know. It's like they're testing us. <laughs> they're like, they're like, we will have content every week forever yeah. in in perpetuity and it will be three hours long universe you can never miss any of it because you have to be up on all the new (laughs) characters when paradise rolls around and it's just like exhausting trying to drink from that fire hose i imagine for us you know it's fine um it's our job uh and this this podcast you know rich text we never really like planned for the newsletter to be a podcast but it's no, all we remember how so to do weird. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know I think it's for some reason in all the chaos of this year it's felt more manageable to just be able to talk to you yeah we sound like we have it all together but we're really we're flailing but also I think we had wanted to do more podcasting about scripted yes. TV and uh, and cultural topics and because of the structure of our of our other podcast it made more sense to do that separately so we ended up doing them here and we really love doing it and so it, it made a lot of sense to start doing it every week yeah I have no regrets about that I think it's it's been so much fun to be able to talk about other things and it's allowed us to bring on some more interesting guests and also to do more podcasting just the two of us which I always find to be really really fun and luckily at least some people want to listen to us talk about other things so that has been a very cool revelation and again super grateful to all of you who who have been game to sort of come along with us for this experimental ride it's just been really cool and I feel like it's allowed us to be also like more in dialogue with people listening you know I think the comment section of the newsletter has been a really nice place to hang out it's not like the most active I'm still scared of comments everyone has been like super kind in comments but it triggers my email anxiety where I like see an email and I'm like oh my god I'm so overwhelmed I'll respond to that later and then like a month goes by and I'm like oh I never responded to that email well now it would be weird (laughs) and so I'm not doing a great job at hanging out in the comments but I do always see them and appreciate them and I am that's one of my 2022 resolutions is to try to be in the comments more because I love hearing from people um, who listen and uh, and just like I'm so grateful that people are listening I'm grateful that people have been willing to subscribe to pay for the paid version a lot of our podcast has ended up living behind a paywall which also wasn't really the initial plan um no but we are really grateful that people have been willing to do that um in many cases and it means so much to us because this newsletter is still like our primary (laughs) the primary way that we support ourselves and pay our yeah pay our rent and mortgage and um and so that child care and so it's really important and really appreciated and um I think that in this coming year we're we're hoping to just sort of see what that looks like like what are we able to do 
outside of the paywall? What are we able to do for paid subscribers? Um, are we going to get kind of enough of our sea legs um, to try to do more um, and make more available on the newsletter um, because we want to make it really worthwhile for people. And this year has honestly, when I look at the last few months, I just see stretches when Max was home from daycare with hand, foot, and mouth. And I'm like, maybe he'll be really healthy in 2022. We'll see. We'll get so much <laughs> 2022 done. 2022 is going to be his It's going to be year. his year. He's really getting his <laughs> immune system together. And next year is going to be different. <laughs> um, that's, listen, I am allowed to hope for great things. I'm allowed to hope for I, no sick days. Yeah. You are, and I hope that so much for you and, and for Lil Max. Yeah, we, we can dream. And uh, yeah, anything, any other accomplishments you want to, I don't know, dwell on, pat yourself on the back for? Pat, pat yourself on the back <laughs> Um uh, I feel like we've kind of covered it. I feel like some of the things I've had the most fun talking about are things like Sex in the City, looking back on cultural products that meant a lot to us when we were younger and having a platform and a reason to dig into those things, like th- topics that I've sort of been ruminating on in some way or another for like decades. Yeah. That's been really, really fun. And also things like our motherhood, non-motherhood little mini series have been really, really fulfilling because they've also like selfishly functioned as a way for me to process my own understanding of this thing that a lot of people in our peer group are grappling with right now. Yeah. And so it's it's selfishly like been a treat. What I'm saying (laughs) is I love all the things that help me personally. Yeah, well, you're allowed to be selfish in what you love. We we try to uh, balance, but you love what you love. I've also loved doing the sex in the city look back that we did um and i hope we'll i mean we plan to keep doing that we we promise to do more sex in the city seasons um (laughs) i've loved talking with you about about motherhood i think that sometimes the conversations that feel really therapeutic for us um can be can be comforting to to listen to because a lot of people are in the same place as you are, Emma, or the same place that I am, and mm-hmm. and are also trying to process a lot of those conflicting feelings. Um, and I do want to, I do want to pat us on the back for still doing some writing this year. Not as much as we planned. We to. did, <laughs> but we did some writing. Um, I remember writing at least one essay about television. <laughs> Two. Maybe two essays about television. Next year, I'm going to write a book review. Oh, no, I did. I wrote about Sally Rooney. I loved that essay of yours. It was so good. Okay, so I'm really one one book review. That's, listen, I'll take it. Next year, next year, we're going to do more. You wrote about paternity leave, <laughs> which was so good. Like, we wrote about we some wrote shit. About some not, as, not as much as we would like to. Yeah. But we did. <laughs> do some writing we can't um, we can't and... forget the things we wrote um for our for our shiny audio babies um yeah so what do we hope to do in the future Ooh, so much <laughs> i think definitely more writing we'd like to get into more of a flow i have such like a fraught relationship to writing like i used to really 
enjoy it and then it became this really terrifying thing because I was so afraid of failure of like writing something yeah and it not being good enough and it was extremely paralyzing and I could just like feel my career grinding to a halt and that was really scary it's like you're hitting your 30s and you're like instead of hitting my stride professionally I'm losing it somehow got harder like I'm losing what I had and it's not being replaced with something better and more mature and I think that part of that is just that once you let yourself stop writing because you're nervous about how a piece will turn out then it gets harder harder harder. and harder and you write fewer and fewer things and then your muscle gets weaker and weaker at least in my experience it's very easy to talk myself out of writing things and then it's been instead of one week since I wrote something it's been two weeks and then three weeks and four weeks right and to come back with a piece that isn't outstanding then you're like people people these people out here who are like paying super close attention will be like yeah. that's what she's who working care on what I time. do it is deeply like narcissistic of me to feel that way um but then it just becomes a way of then you beat yourself up like you're being so narcissistic no one cares that much about your writing career except for you so why should you do it at exactly. all so I've, I've been in a bad cycle but um I recognize that cycle yeah. well it's been yeah it's been kind of paralyzing like I started some personal writing projects that I made good progress on and then just like yeah. haven't been able to see through and that and then you get in a cycle of self-loathing with that stuff. And so I think that's definitely a goal of mine. And I think a goal of yours too into this next year is just like to, to move the muscle more. Yeah, exactly. And I, I particularly want to write more about books. That was like, that was the avenue by which I got into writing was being on the HuffPost books vertical. Prior to that, I had been essentially a copy editor And I, like, really insisted throughout my career as a writer at HuffPost that books be kind of, like, the spine of my job, even though it doesn't get great traffic. And they were like, please write about something else that people will read. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm just going to keep writing book reviews because that's what I feel like doing. I was a great employee. And I learned a lot through that about, like, how to try to write book reviews that people might click on because they seem to say something about a universal world yes like a a broader point uh and you know that can be overdone um obviously like not every novel is like the urgent book you need to read now about you know the trump era but you know i learned a lot about smart and interesting ways of writing about books and this year i really haven't been able to get myself to do it very much um I've been feeling a lot of self-doubt around around writing book criticism I haven't had as much time actually to read because we have been covering so much more tv and as much as I yeah we have to watch the tv in order to I recently spent an entire week watching tv and Netflix movies like every day I would get up and I would watch tv all day and then I'd be like I still have so much to watch before all these tapings that we have like how do tv critics live i don't know but but books also take a long time to read and if you don't have much time which i haven't um it doesn't happen and then i feel like what basis do i have to make any evaluations when i haven't really been taking in that much of of what's out there right now and i really want to 
try to cut through that this year and devote more time to reading and make sure that that we're covering books that we're excited about on the newsletter or books that we're excited about because they suck and that's can be fun and interesting but but also books that we think people should read um I really miss writing just brutal pans of terrible books but I especially love finding a book that's really good and seeing something that's interesting to write about in it and I want to do that more this year I think we're also hoping to do more with the podcast aspect like we said before I think we're hoping to see how we can you know it started being mostly free and then it became mostly behind the paywall I think we're hoping to see if there's more of a structured way that we can split that a little bit, um, make a little bit more available while still making sure that we're like providing a lot of content for those of you who are very generously paying for it. And I think for us, that might mean looking into more mini series and regular features, branching out to more kinds of topics. Yeah, I would be definitely interested in, in, trying to do more like multi-part series I feel like sex in the city is a really good example of that the fact that we can kind of go through all of the previous seasons and we're also very open to hearing from all of you about the type of things that you are interested in hear- hearing us talk about um, I think we've definitely found that rich text works best when it really is something that we gravitate to. So I think that's sort of going to still be like our guiding force. But it's been really helpful to hear from listeners and readers what you're interested in because we do want to have conversations that people actually might get something Yeah, and like sometimes it is good for me to be pushed out of my comfort zone a little bit. I think this is why I've always actually been totally fine with the term guilty pleasure because I think that I can get yes. very obsessively consumed by easy to easy to consume products and I can get really trapped in like a world of Hallmark movies or a world of romance novels and that doesn't mean that those things are bad or without value but the guilt is sort of a prod to me to to say you're going to wish that you had also incorporated something that was harder for you to consume into your diet. Mm. You would feel like that resistance to your to your mind that makes it sharper in a way that while a reality show might be really fascinating to dissect, it doesn't force you to engage in that way. And so yeah. I like I like to be reminded to it- push myself a nice mix. and I also like that sometimes I will stop watching a show like sex life after one episode because I'm like this is really atrocious and then people will say <laughs> we really want you to talk about sex life and so I will have to watch all of it and even though it is atrocious it is atrocious in it a fun was way so fun honestly yeah I'm proud of our sex life that recaps. was really fun those were really fun I also that was also totally a show that I was planning to skip altogether. The first episode so, was like yeah, maybe so... I, maybe I take back I take <laughs> back my my previous statement. I don't know. The first episode was so bizarrely depressing and like not appealing at all. And I I still maintain that that entire show is so bleak. the whole show main, main, continues to be super bleak, but with like lots of very bleak sex that is supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> 
excited. Anyway, you know, you can go back and and listen. We have clearly still feel passionately. Um, But yeah, I was glad that that I knew that people would want to hear about that because it gave me the opportunity to to revisit and see the the joy in a terrible show about sex. And so we love hearing. We love love hearing from people about that. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what comes. I'm hoping that we will find ourselves blessed with lots of time and energy somehow in the third year of the pandemic. It will suddenly, (laughs) suddenly wash over us that we're full of life and energy and inspiration. But one day we're we're looking at 2022 (laughs) like a beautiful blank page before us. And we can't wait to write all over it with different mini series and essays and uh, and definitely, and maybe, maybe other maybe projects, maybe other projects. Maybe, maybe we will find the energy within ourselves to mm-hmm. to do some other projects. Yeah. Too. Well, TBD. <laughs> but we can definitely promise more Sex in the City Universe content coming soon. That is at the top of our priority list, as it should be. Anything else, Emma? Before we wrap up, I think that's about it. I think just reiterating again how fucking grateful we are for all of you who are listening to us just babble for thirty minutes about ourselves, um, and to listen to all all and any of the conversations that we have and interact with our content in any way. It has been so wonderful, and I think without your support, it would have been much more devastating uh, and unmooring to be sort of thrown off of the cliff of our comfortable jobs that we'd had for a decade. Like that felt very safe and known and being thrust into this unknown world, but sort of with a safe community to land on has been just an unbelievable gift. That's beautifully said, Emma. Um, I don't think I can improve upon it. Um, although I usually try anyway, I'm not going to. This time. <laughs> and then I'm like, Emma, cut the thing where I said the thing that you said again, but worse. Um, thank you so much for having this conversation with me, Emma. It is always such a joy to have a conversation with you. And I look forward to many more in the coming year. Me too. Thank you, Claire. And thank you to everyone who is listening. 